Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Prince from Trooper Fitness in New York City. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. I'm really excited to have you here. I have been kind of creeping on your social media for a while. I think what you guys are doing is really cool. And I'm excited to share that with our audience. But really, before we do that, tell me, Prince, what was it that made you decide to open up your own fitness business? Yeah, no. So I've, um, it's funny the way I got into the fitness industry. Um, this is like really, really going back. Um, you know, I used to, I've always been into business. I just, as a kid, I might not have realized it, but I used to throw parties. Um, so hospitality, um, and, you know, I would do whatever I could. I, my uncle was an entrepreneur. He would sell art. He was an artist. So I used to help him sell art. So I think I've always been entrepreneur minded. Um, while I was in school, actually, I went from school for nursing actually originally, and then went into, uh, went into business administration and really ended up leaving. I actually never got my college degree, um, because, because I became a personal trainer just as a gig, just as a work, you know, way to get money uh, while I was in school and completely fell in love with fitness. Um, and particularly not just fitness. I've always been someone who worked out and played sports. So I loved fitness, but I fell in love with people and what fit I believe fitness could do for people and realizing the impact that could have on people's lives. Um, so I, when I fell in love with that, I never really looked back, started working at a, um, it was called New York sports club at the time, um, a big, uh, you know, big box gym, uh, I think subconsciously I've always been, I'm always looking to how, how I'm going to create my own. So I stopped going to school and really that was school for me in my mind on how I'm going to open my own gym. Um, and yeah, just saw it out. Here I am. Wow. So kind of a journey similar to mine. Like we, when we were little kids, we probably like knew we might own our own business one day, but yeah. probably you didn't picture it being a gym. And so now here you are, you have your own um business for for your trooper fitness how long have you guys been in business so uh officially the company was incorporated in 2012 but at that time it was just an outdoor boot camp that i did for a few years truly just an ambitious boot camp outdoor guy trying to or so so it looked like um just trying to you know find a way to grow into eventually opening my own space um and then I just kind of really, we built it grassroots, no investors, uh, which is the, probably the craziest part of the story, especially in New York City, because yeah. as everyone probably, if you know anything about New York, you know, rent is really high. Um, so yeah, 2012, 2015, at the end of 2015, we got our brick and mortar. So November, 2015, Troop um, has been open as a, as, a, as a studio. Wow, so you've been doing this for a little while. It's not something that's new to you. Um, so for our listeners, kind of give us an elevator pitch of Trooper Fitness. Tell us who you are, what kind of products, services you have um, available to your clients. That way our listener kind of gets a better understanding of your brand. Yeah, I, so even before I jump into what we do programming-wise, you know, the premise of what Trooper is, um, most people, you hear Trooper, some people, the first connotation that comes to mind is military. Uh, there is no military connection at all. Uh, when we talk about trooper, trooper is just about being resilient in life. Um, you know, like someone, you know, someone who keeps going, doesn't persevere. Is uh, we all, you know, you're a trooper. That's kind of the premise of what trooper, the name trooper, uh, means. Uh, and what we do on a daily basis is not just build people up physically and show them that they can reach their physical goals, 
but we really put an emphasis on building people up mentally and spiritually and uh, building confidence and empowering people uh, to be the best version of themselves. I believe that anyone can be a trooper um, in their life, whether it's being um, you know, a single parent or you're a, you know, managing a hedge fund or, or you're homeless and trying to get a home. Like I think being resilient and bouncing back, I think that's something that every human experience can, uh, can relate to in some form or fashion. So I believe that we really have what we're doing to me feels uh, very important. So that's what that's what Trooper is about being resilient, finding the strength. And then we also put an emphasis on not only individual strength, but the power of group is you, there's tons of studies that actually show that um, group um, support just will catapult anyone in, in a faster direction to where they're going or stronger, uh, better, um, you know, more efficiently. So. Our motto is all we know is go. So it doesn't mean that you don't get knocked down, but you always get back up. And even strong people, my, you know, I consider myself strong. If you are, there will be times where you feel down and you might not be able to find yourself. If you have a strong support cast, um, it's almost it's kind of making you invincible in, my, in, a, in a way. So, so we do believe in individual strength and then also uh, strength through group. So that's, our, that's what Trooper is. I love that. And so it sounds like you guys are really doing individualized training in a semi-private kind of space for the most part. And that's awesome because like you said, a lot of people like need that group atmosphere to succeed. I know I'm one of those people, like I grew up playing sports. And so now even as an adult, it's like, I could never walk into like a 24 seven model gym and be successful doing my own program because I I thrive with other people around me. Um, and there's so many people out there like that. So I love what you're doing. Um, with that, um, how many clients are you guys currently servicing within the facility? Um, within the facility, we right now, you know, we just came back from the, you know, the, the shutdown of the pandemic. Um, so we are, we have about 150 members, uh, members, and then we also have people who do drop-ins. So probably maybe 170 on a monthly basis, I would say. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. And then we have our virtual uh, uh, base as well, which is about a hundred, I would say right now, again, fluctuating. Um, yeah. So compared to COVID, what does that look like for you guys? Cause obviously, you know, you being in New York city, I talked to people all over the country, but like New York city and California, you guys had it really bad for, for yeah. the pandemic. So where do your numbers now compare to where they were, you know, in January of 2020? Um, we're, we're kind of getting back to, we're kind of back where we were, uh, somewhat, we're not, we're not a hundred percent back, but, but in terms of membership, member base, we're back member base wise, but, um, a lot of the ancillary revenue that we used to, to do is not quite, not quite built up yet. Like the corporate, um, the corporate revenue stream we had, that's kind of, uh, we're building that back up, trying to build that back up right now. But, but as far as member base and as far as the gym, our gym is full or, you know, full ish. It's not like an empty gym. We're definitely, um, we, if you look at us, you're like, you're killing it. And we're doing great, honestly. Um, but of course, me as an ambitious mind, I'm talking this way because I have, my sights are on a higher target, of course. But we're doing great. We're back, we're back on, our, on our feet for sure. Yeah, and I love that mindset though, that you said, you know, you're looking at a higher target. That's exciting for me to be able to talk to somebody with that mindset because on this podcast, like we really like to focus on the bigger picture. And so right now you guys have 150 clients. Is that a place where you're like, we can't take on any more clients or can you guys handle more clients in the facility? So we, um, the evening classes are definitely, you know, there's a wait list for the evening classes, um, which is good. But of course, um, the mornings, there's still some room. So there's still, there's still, I think we would start to run into um, 
needing to expand closer to 200 and we're well on our way um, trending wise to get there. Um, and we do plan to open to expand, um, right. which also brings up that in uh, the, was it the, literally right when the pandemic started, we had just signed a lease for another location. Um, oh, wow. And luckily the, uh, the owner of the building, um, we shook hands, they understood. We said, you know, things took a turn that no one saw coming. Uh, luckily they were uh, cordial and, and, and really human enough to say, we understand and shook hands and we're not, we weren't, so we got out of that lease. Yeah, we lost some money that we put down and stuff, but ultimately I think it was a blessing that we got able yeah. to get out of that. So, um, so yeah, so we were, we're looking towards moving towards expansion. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's really, really exciting. Um, when you look at like what you guys are actively doing to find new clients, not only just for the in-person space, but like online too, um, that's something that we haven't really discussed too much yet. What are you guys actively doing to aid that process of growth? Yeah, no, that's, that's, you know, that's ever changing. I mean, I think everyone in any, any type of business right now, because, uh, you know, the internet and, and technology is just the way we receive information as humans um, is ever changing and changing fast. So as a business owner, you have to be um, ready to change, ready to make adjustments. So we are looking at different ways of marketing. We've tried uh, Instagram ads, of course. We definitely try to um, put a lot of energy into our, our social media uh, presence. Um, and mostly on Instagram as of right now, We've done some TikTok stuff. We um, are looking to do some more YouTube videos. I think there's a huge opportunity with YouTube because you know when people Google fitness things, just being a resource for people makes people aware of your business. Um, so I, I would think that that's something that we, we want to do more of. Um, yeah, and then you know things like even this. This is um, this is marketing in some ways. I mean, I I love to collaborate and connect like just naturally, um, but. But the, the reality is that this is good marketing for people to be, people who are listening to this are saying, oh, Trooper Fitness, I never heard of it. Well, now you have. So, um, and same for you. When I, when, I, when I post this, people will hear about, you know, the Gym Lords yeah. podcast. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and that kind of comes back to the word of mouth piece. And in this industry, everybody loves word of mouth. You know, the organic social media, things like this, it, it builds word of mouth for your business. And we love that because it's free. But it's not a measurable way for us to kind of pace our growth because we might get like a ton of people that hear about us because of something cool that we post one month and then the next month it's like crickets. Um, and so that's when you really look into things to supplement that. Um, you said you guys have done some um, Instagram ads. Talk to us about that because I think that's an area that a lot of gym owners are like really, really scared to go down that path and spend money to make money. So has that, have you seen a return on investment from that? Has there been kind of ebbs and flows? Like talk to us about that experience. Yes. Um, ebbs and flows best describes it. We've definitely seen spikes um, at points where Instagram ads were working for us. Um, and, you know, I do have someone that does my marketing uh, for me. Um, he's a little more, you know, he's versed in terms of what we should be looking for to get, um, to get like clicks and engagement, um, impression, things like that. Of course, me as a business owner, my interest is someone walking through the door because they saw the, uh, the impression. So sometimes you can get clicks, but it doesn't translate into people walking through the door. And that's where I, I value, I measure the value on it is how many people turn into getting through the door. Now, what, once they get into the door, obviously it's the sales team or my, my job to get them or the, the, well, the, our job as a business, the coaches, everybody doing a good job of giving them good service. 
um, to make them want to become a member. Um, so, but we've we've definitely seen, you know, it's, it really is a dynamic thing. Like, you, it's not like you do have to have the right, like, there's the right length. There's the right the, the there's there's certain trends that you want to kind of tie into. You need to know what your target demographic is. Make sure you're targeting the right demographic. Uh, and it does take a little bit of research and then it also takes you want to do that but also be authentic too um where people can people would see it and feel feel like this authentic so um we've done some some photo instagram ads and we've done some uh video instagram ads and we've seen the photos do really well at one point so we, we backed off of the videos and then uh yeah we've tried to mix it up but um yeah so, yeah. yeah so since there's kind of some since there's kind of some ebbs and flows there with with the success that you're seeing on Instagram ads. Um, do you feel like there's anything more that you guys could be doing to make that more of a consistent thing for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, really just getting into uh, collaborations. I think we've done that because Instagram ads, I feel like is a way to boost. So once what happens is if you do get a click, people are going to go into your, onto your page. Your page needs to also be drawing welcoming or feel or feel valuable as well so it's not just the ads i think once people click and this you know they need to see some type of value that makes them want to seek more um so i think that's really important um as well um also just making sure that we have the right call to action for the right individual right. um you know because one of the time what one of the, i'll give us an example we realized when we started seeing we had a landing page so that when you click the call to action would send people to our, our website and it would ask for information, right? So they would say, it would ask for your name, your email, and then we will get back to you. And I think a lot of people were turned off by that. This is my assessment because we would get people to go to the page, which we could see in the, uh, in the, um, the, inform in the data, but we had to, we change our landing page. We had to change our landing page for it to convert. So there's, there's multiple steps you need to kind of simplify for people. People don't want to go through, they don't want things to be challenging, especially in today's world. It's like, you want me or not? And then they're over you if it's not, if it's too hard. So simplifying things have been, has been huge. Yeah. What kind of calls to actions or offers are you guys putting out that you feel like work well? So what we do right now, we do something called a tri pack, which is three free classes. Um, and we, which is pretty, you know, aggressive and it's a bit huge value. Um, but especially coming out of the pandemic, we, we started off aggressive um, and it worked, worked really well for us because, and it still is working well for us because you're offering three free classes. We offer strength. We also offer a, a bunch of different types of classes. So we feel like um, for people to try three classes is a way for them to get, you know, if they don't like one class, they might get an experience that, oh, I can, we have strength classes and hit classes. Some people, and the people are tend to be drawn towards cardio. Some, some people tend to be drawn towards strength. Um, obviously we as fitness professionals know that both are good for everyone. Um, but, you know, um, if someone tries something that they're not used to or not interested in, it may just like this is now for me. Whereas if they get to try more than one, um, there might be a better result. So we we tend to, we gave them three classes, and as far as call to action, we'll tell them to choose that. We'll list the classes and say choose which choose which three free classes you want to do. So that's like they're getting it's more interactive rather mm -hmm. than just waiting for us to get back to them. Yeah. So with that, do you get people who sign up and don't show up? Um, that happens sometimes. Um, definitely, we uh. We had a really when when coming out of the the pandemic, we out of the pand, out of the the shutdown, and when we first when we opened back up, the we had a really huge closing ratio. We we're closing one third 
of the people that responded to. So the tripod right. was really effective. Um, as far as the clicks that came down to what kind of ad we were posting as well. Um, we do find that shorter and sweeter was working better. Sometimes if things are too long, you lose people, um, which is indicative of the type of world we live in now. Um, everybody just wants, give me the info now. If it, I'm either I'm interested or I'm not, and you move on to the next. So swipe away to get to something else that's more interesting. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, I know that we kind of just went down a rabbit hole there talking about ads, but I think it's valuable because like a lot of gym owners aren't even running ads. So by us kind of talking about it, it gets them thinking a little bit. And I'm glad that we kind of could learn something from each other there. Um, I want to ask you, Prince, you know, when you take a look at your business at Trooper Fitness, what's something that's kind of a bottleneck for you guys right now? And what are you doing to kind of overcome and alleviate that? Um, I think, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of business owners, uh, trouble that you can run into is trying to do too many things at one time and dividing your energy, um, which, which can, is very confusing for people. Cause you do want to, and even with ads and things like that, you do want to diversify your, you want to diversify your appeal because there's different people that want different things. But I think trying to be too many things to too many people, I think you can really lose the oomph or lose your specialness. So Right now, one of the bottleneck things we have is that we're running virtual. We have a virtual platform and then we have our studio, which by all means we plan, they both do well. There's both, there's an interest, a huge interest in both, um, but it's two different demographics, right? And uh, on one side, we have the, the virtual is infinitely scalable, arguably, and which, which obviously we feel like we should not let that go. The studio is something we know is tried, tried and proven. So we don't want to let that go. Um, so for the last few months, we've, We've been trying to build up the studio to get to where it was, which for the most part it is. Uh, but now there's, uh, so just kind of knowing where to put the emphasis of energy, um, you know, I think has been our thing. And right now, um, I, I'm putting a lot of energy into the virtual, like as we speak right now. Um, and, and just to, to back up, um, I guess is another way to answer this too is uh, more on a holistic um, standpoint from a business, I've, when I started the gym, it was just me. And then I obviously hired coaches. Uh, I was Trooper Fitness at one point. And then we and when I hired new coaches, no one wanted to try anybody else. Um, that's not scalable. I can't grow like that. If I want to run what people call a mom and pop shop and be successful, that's good. I can be, I can be profitable and, and bring home good money um, and be a profitable business. But again, my goal is to spread um, you know, the trooper mentality, the trooper way to the world. And I can't do that. It just being me, um, not, I can't be in a hundred places at one time. So the biggest thing for me has been building a team that can be, can be, can do the things, can become masters at different, um, you know, things that I was doing before, but again, taking my hands off of it. Uh, so just really getting to a scalable place is kind of, that's my challenge these days. I'm reading, I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm reading different, reading different things, different resources. Um, going to utilize user resource now because clearly you talk to a lot of people with good information. So, cool. yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I love the fact that you're so invested in scaling this business, and it sounds like you're ready to do whatever it takes to, to get you there. But you're spread kind of thin right now. Like you do have help, but it's like, okay, well, where do I spend my energy? Um, have you like, is there somebody that works solely on the online stuff, or are is it kind of like everybody's hands are dipped in both? So we're trying to move away from having everybody's hands dipped in both. So it kind of was like that um, because we went from going completely virtual to let's open back up the gym again. Um, and everybody was kind of spread thin. So I do have a studio. One of the, I promoted one of my coaches during COVID to become a manager, which um, is exciting for, 
for him and for me. And, um, but it's also tough, like letting go. I'm sure any manager, any owner um, is probably one of the most biggest challenges you have is to let go of control, to have more control technically um, by letting him make mistakes and learn, but also being there as a resource for him. Um, So, but now he's focusing more on the studio and that's why I'm putting my energy towards virtual because I think when it comes to new things like virtual, uh, my job is to be the visionary. And I think that need, we need to make sure that the virtual has the right vision before I hand it off to someone else. Yeah, I I think I agree with what you're saying. Um, so when you look at the future of this business, what hand do you play at that point? Like once, you know, things are growing up, like do you always want to be involved in the business or do you want to be the one working on the business? I, lo- I love the way you said that. We probably read something the same because I, it's one thing to, like I, I grew up, I grew, I love working in the business, but ultimately I'm trying to shift my energy to working on the business more. Um, so in the end, I think what'll be, what I want, when I say in the end, ultimately I want to work on the business. I think I've grown to that point where I get satisfaction, just like being, um, from being a, from being a, a trainer, to being a manager of trainers that reach people. Because as a trainer, you, I fell in love initially with fitness because I'm changing people's lives individually. When I become a manager of trainers, now I'm actually having more effects on, on different lives, but I'm not directly doing it the same way. And then as I scale up, same thing. So I do feel like by working on the business, I'm growing in terms, of, I'm forced to grow personally. Right. I gain new knowledge. And it's exciting for me. So yeah, I definitely want to work on the business and and which I think will open my eyes to new things where maybe I want to do other things like, like, you know, podcasts. When we're so heavily involved, like working the day to day in our business, it's like, it almost feels impossible for us to like scale. Like when we can take a step back and be like, all right, you know, we have, I trust that you know how to hire a kick-ass team, right? Um, Your team can like handle the day-to-day and you can step off, step back and look at, okay, well, what do I need to do now to take me to where I want to go? That's huge. And it takes a lot. It's risky, but I know that you have the right mindset to be able to do that someday. And I want to ask, like, this is what I call my magic wand question. If I could hand you a magic wand right now and you reached all your goals for Trooper Fitness, talk to us about what that picture would look like. That would um, look like, so we would have multiple locations worldwide. Um, people would be, Trooper would be, is, excuse me, will be, is going to be uh, a brand and a way of life where not only do, um, is there fitness facilities that facilitate fitness, but more of a, more of a, like, I think, I wouldn't say lifestyle. I think trooper, I always say trooper is a mentality and I want people to be able to tap into that and be able to grow into something, which is basically learning how to be resilient and help you with life. So we want to be, I want to have multiple locations around the world. I want to have a virtual presence that people just, is a go-to. Um, and then I also, I want to personally, I think that my, um, thing is to kind of continue to be a spokesperson for that, for trooper mentality which I have a, actually have a podcast that I stopped a few, two years ago, 2019, Trooper Mentality, which I intend to start back, um, which is why the timing of this is amazing. Um, but really just putting more energy into that, just spreading Trooper Mentality through, through you know, through being a spokesperson. while the I, business- I think that's so cool. And I love that you want goals, like you have goals for your business, but you have goals for yourself too. And I, sometimes I have to like literally ask people like what it will, you know, what does Prince want, right? Um, and sometimes people are like, oh, like I haven't been on a vacation with my wife for like 30 years. And so that's I, what yeah. I want to really do. And yeah. um, our hopes and dreams sometimes 
are hard to separate from our business, but I'm glad that you have that. Like you want to be a spokesperson. You want to be, um, share that kind of trooper mentality that you, you talked about. Um, what do you feel like you have to do right now within the business to take you to the point where you have multiple locations, you guys have a huge online presence. So, um, develop my people, um, and also create policies and procedures. Uh, the, the funny thing about that, right. And most entrepreneurs have this problem is that, um, what makes you become an entrepreneur is that you're not really pigeonholed to policies and procedures. It's not really your way. You don't really need structure. You don't want structure. I didn't want structure, right? Like ultimately at some, that's why you end up being an entrepreneur. You're like, I'm going to create what I want. And you can kind of, you kind of can operate in chaos to be successful. The reason we are able to respond and, and adapt is because I, I, I can thrive in chaos. However, in terms of scaling and having people who are under you, the, the, the ironic thing is that I need to now create structure. So um, that's been the challenge for me is kind of learning about structure. I've gotten far without, because of that, I'm not structured, but now to get to the next level, they say, it will say, what got, what got you here will not get you there. And that's exactly where I'm at. So where I'm at right now, having a successful studio is not, what it took me to get here is not gonna get me multiple studios. I need to have something that is clear cut, policies and procedures, the, the trooper way that when I put someone in place to do the job, they'll know exactly what, what's expected and what trooper is. So um, yeah, developing my people and creating policies and procedures. Yeah, um, when you say like creating policies and procedures, what kind of things do you feel like are super important that you need to get implemented um, in order to make this duplicatable? Yeah, I think it starts at the, um, the you know, just starting high level having the company's uh, core values, um, knowing exactly what the company's mission is and making sure that everyone on the team knows what the company's mission is as well. Something that I think it might elude a lot of um, owners is that how important it is for your team to know the vision. A lot of times you're like, you'll say it once and you think that people are like, took it in and they're riding hard with you. But you have to remember, it's your dream. It's, they're gonna forget, they're gonna, like you said something about spreading trooper mentality, but ultimately they have to do their job on a day-to-day -day basis. So there needs to be reminders. There needs to be, um, like I said, the core values need to be understood. Um, creating an ethos, I think is very important. And remember, remembering why and making sure that everybody understands why. And then it goes down to people having um, tar targets that, that is measurable that they have to hit on the team. So whether it be the manager knowing exactly what is expected of him what and how that ties into the big picture down to the coaches knowing that what they are doing on a day-to-day -day basis is creating, not just, they're not just helping people, um, helping their, the members, but also helping the company get towards the goal that it has um, is very important as well. So just kind of connecting those dots um, is the, I think is, the, is what it takes. I really appreciate your outlook and you have a really great head on your shoulders and a really great understanding of the business. Thank I think you. that's going to take you a long way um, with Trooper Fitness. Um, what's the Instagram page? Where can our listeners go to find you? To find Trooper Fitness is at Trooper Fitness. To find me, it's at Trooper Prince. Uh, and uh, yeah, and pretty much everything's like that. Even if you go on Twitter, same thing. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today and giving us your insight into the industry. Listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. 
and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Alan from The Fitness Coach, now known as Fitness Pro in West Sand Lake, New York. What's up, Alan? How are you today? Oh, very good. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? What made you want to own your own gym? What's the, the story there? Okay, so I was into fitness from an early age, from you know middle school to high school, football, all that stuff. Then I became a bodybuilder and a competitive bodybuilder at different levels. And what really got me thinking about owning my own gym, besides my passion for fitness and for working out, was I would go to these uh, usually large gyms. I would call them warehouse type gyms, 30,000 square feet, maybe bigger. And I would watch in between sets, I'd watch what some people were doing or weren't doing. And, and I just was amazed at what wasn't going on <laughs> sometimes. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought, you know, I'd like to open a small gym where I could almost be hands-on with every single member if they wanted to be. So we would get more out of their time, more out of their efforts in the gym. And so I slowly morphed as a personal trainer and then I opened up a a small fitness facility. So it was more just observation from years in the gym and watching things and going, boy, that person sure could use some help. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely can relate to that. I also have a competitive uh, bodybuilding background and that's kind of what really sparked things for me as well. Um, So I I definitely understand that aspect. And it's like, once you start doing that, that also gains a lot of attention from people looking to get in shape or lose weight or whatever it is. So it kind of sparks things and and helps you start out. So that's awesome. People would always approach me with questions. They'd be a little sheepish about it, you know, approaching some guy in the gym was worried. But then I thought, well, maybe I should just turn this into a, a living and, and do this and make money doing it. So right. I, got away, I got away from all that grind of the bodybuilding and got more into the business side of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same. I, I competed for four years straight. And then at that point, it was like, all right, you know, I, I was chasing the goal uh, of going pro. And mm-hmm. once I got there, I'm like, all right, I got to give myself a break now because your body just starts to, you know, it starts to really wear on you after a while. So it does. And I mirror image you. I was trying to turn pro, turned pro for a short time. But instead of four years, I was, I'm older. So I did it for four decades and it was just too much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've competed in four separate decades. Um, I missed the 20, what, tens, I guess. Uh, and so it would have been five straight decades. So I did seventies, eighties, nineties, the two thousands enough is enough. (laughs) Yeah. 
Good for you, though. That's awesome to be able Longevity, to- Longevity, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in different um, age categories, essentially, you know, because a lot of times people get discouraged by age a lot of the yes. time. So it's always really cool, especially at those competitions, to see people continue doing it as they- get older and maintain that level of, um, commitment. And it's, it, it just takes a lot out of you. So it's yeah. very yeah. cool that you were Everybody able to do around it. You. Everybody around you as well. You know, I'm older, yes. so I have a family and, and it's just, it's a stress on, on wife, kids, family, the diet, the training, the time that you put into it. You know, people don't realize that when you're a competitive bodybuilder, the time you put in a gym is a small fraction of the time you put into your competition prep. Right. And you're posing and everything else. And so yeah. it's, it's more than a full-time job, but you don't make any yes. money if you're really good. You right. Know? <laughs> and I wasn't all that good. <laughs> so that's what I used to tell people, you know, it's a full-time job, hundred yeah. percent full-time job. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. A lot of time invested there and uh, not much, of, definitely not much of a, a financial yeah. return there exactly. for sure. <laughs> All right. So now as far as your business model goes within your facility today, how do you structure things? Are you doing uh, group classes, semi-private, private sessions? Kind of walk us through the layout there. All right. So I, I feel we're really unique. I don't know that for a fact, but I feel like we're really unique. Um, so, you know, started 26 years ago, have really used the same model for all 26 years you know, a, what a, a variety of different fitness fads and trends have come and gone, obviously, in those 26 years, but we've really tried to maintain our focus. Um, the fitness model is, I would call it like today, everyone talks about fusion and all these different things, but I kind of think that we were fusing way back 26 years ago. So what we do is we're, we're small. We're, right, right now, we're about 3,000 square feet. We're a community gym. Um, and you can walk in and work out on your own uh, with no trainer. I'm the only trainer, uh, but you can walk in and walk out and just do your own thing. But at the same time, because we're small and we try to be hands-on, I'm still giving advice to these people. I don't ignore them, you know, mm -hmm. or you can come in and train with me every single day. Um, but we don't do fitness classes as you would think of the traditional fitness classes, but uh, on a, before COVID, so let's go pre-COVID, uh, for the previous 24 or so years, I could easily have 10 or 12 clients that I'd be training at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it would be, quote unquote, a group, but everyone would be doing uh, something different. Uh, everyone, I have people that range from literally 10, 11 years old to over 90. And so at the same time, I could be training an 89-year-old person a five or six 40 year olds and two middle school kids. Um, we'd all be trained at the same time. They all be doing a workout. So, but it would be totally different. So I always, I always compare it to um, like an orchestra and I'm the conductor and there's the band out there. They're playing their different instruments. This one's playing the trumpet. This one's playing the clarinet or whatever, but it all comes and meshes together. So it's kind of our concept. People love it. Um, it also allows me to charge a lot less per session. So if I'm training 10 people at a time, I can charge them 20 or $25 per session, which is very affordable for them. Instead of charging 60, 70, $80 per session and only training one person, I can make $200 in that hour of training 10 people at once. And they feel very good about it. Plus the energy 
in, in the gym is amazing when you have 10, 11 people all right. doing the same thing, but all training with the same person. So absolutely. Yeah. I'm, you know, I love all fitness. I don't want to sit here and, and, you know, downplay group training or large gyms. Any fitness to me is good fitness just about, but at the same time, um, group fitness always got me because not everyone in that class has the same body, the same energy, the same goals, the same history. And so when you, when you do group training, sometimes, you know, you, you may be hitting a core a few people, but the other people on the edges aren't getting what they maybe should get out of it, or maybe it's too much for them. And so what we try to do is tailor every workout for every person on that particular day. I'll ask people, how do you feel today? How was your work day today? And if I'm feeling that they're tired or stressed, I'll alter the workout. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. And as far as membership base goes, how many clients or members are you currently serving at the facility? Well, we're low now post COVID. Uh, at our at our peak, we were in the 200 range of, of clients. Um, I don't know the exact number now, but it's less than 100. We're probably at about 80, I would say. COVID okay. really, really devastated us. Um, and out of that percentage, it doesn't matter if the number was 200 pre-COVID or let's say 80 now. Out of that percentage, more than half would be my quote-unquote client. They're all my clients, right? If you come to the gym, everyone's uh, everyone's my client. But I would be training and being paid to train more than half, usually about 60 to 65, even upwards to 70% of the people that are fitness coach or now fitness pro members, they would get some sort of training from me. Could be once a week, could be once a month as a tune-up, or it could be just about every day. Got it. Okay. All right. And so what are you doing to get those numbers back up post-COVID? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything we can think of that won't water down our product. So I don't, I, in 26 years, I've never run sales. I've never won gimmick specials. Um, I feel it's not fair to the people that have been longtime members. It always bothered me if I went to a gym and I paid $300 for my year membership, and then all of a sudden they're running a Valentine's Day special for $99 for the year <clears throat> and they're signing up new people. And I'm thinking, wait a second, I paid $300 for the last five years and now this person comes off the street and they're paying $99? What's wrong with me? So I never do specials. So I, I don't run specials. Plus we, we're small. And I always feel like if you run some crazy special to, to lure people into your gym that maybe really don't want to be there, but they're only there because it's $1.99, that it takes away from the atmosphere and the positivity in the gym. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing to answer your question is I'm just really just trying to be word of mouth and be very positive. Um, I know every single one of my members, again, it's not that many, uh, by, by name, by heart, I have, I have their numbers. So I gently text them, gently prod them and urge them to say, listen, the gym is still here. It's a great spot. It, maybe it's time for you to come back. It's been a very slow process, um, it, but it's more of getting people mentally back into, into the swing of things. I'm, I'm sure you know, as a, as a bodybuilder and as a consultant, the mind is probably 90% of it, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, and so... Uh, when we when, see here in New York, we had a crazy lockdown. And so when we locked down for as long as we did for gyms, mm -hmm. it just changed everyone's habits. And I always tell people, 
you know, everything is habitual in life just about. It can be a very bad habit or it can be a very healthy, good habit like the gym. And what we did when we locked down for so long, I had clients for 15 years that were three, four days a week, never missed 52 weeks out of the year. I haven't seen them since, since, the, since the lockdown. And when you change people's behavior for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 months uh, that we were closed, um, it just, it's not a matter of them not wanting to come back. They just, it's not in their lifestyle anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm slowly trying to get people back and of course, encourage new people as well. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So going back to talking about like specials and low barrier offers and things like that, I do not like low barrier offers at all. I don't like a free trial. I don't like, uh, anything i i never did anything for free in my gym yeah. it was like if you're walking in the door you're paying something yeah. um i want you to be and, invested. what's that i want you to be invested i want you to be yeah. invested i want you to, right. want to be there uh i always tell people just walk through the front door i'll take care of the rest but just mm -hmm. walk through the front door and be just want to be here and as soon as you come through the front door and you show me that you want to be here i'll take care of the rest you just listen and follow but if someone's just meandering in because, hey, $1.99, how can I pass this up? Or I'm on a free week. It, I, again, I think it just waters down the product. And I'm, again, I'm not, the large gyms are great. Everyone has their own thing. But sometimes you go in a large gym and it just feels like a huge emptiness, right? I want, when, I, when you open the door to my gym, I want you instantly to feel the energy, the positivity. Yeah. And that's right. what we really try to do. And again, if you're just watering down a product by letting people come in for a dollar, I think the energy, we actually expanded at one time and went, my gym is 3000 square feet now. Mm -hmm. And we actually thought it was a great idea when we were booming, maybe about five, six years ago to expand. And we expanded the next door to, and we included that into 4,500 square feet. And we started offering classes, spinning, Zumba, and we did away with it quickly. It really changed the whole atmosphere of the gym. And my longtime gym clients were like, hey, I, nothing for nothing, but I don't like it anymore. It's not the same. And so we quickly got rid of that and went back to what we do best. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, anytime anybody mentions like a, a big box gym, I always say it's like comparing apples to oranges, right? It's like, yeah, it's gym, but the type of gym that you have and the type of gym that that is, it, they're completely different, you know? So when we start talking about pricing structure and membership, it's just not the same, you know, it's like a lot of, a lot of gym owners really get caught up in that and trying to compete with that, but you can't, and there's, it, there's no need to, you know, there's no lack of people that need help first of all. And there's no lack of people that need the, the time, the attention, the level of service that you're providing within your facility. You know, it's night and day, like you said, like, right. you know? I always compare it to running. I always say there's a marathon runner who goes out and runs 26.2 miles. And then there's a sprinter that goes to the track. They're both runners. They both are doing the same thing, but it's totally different. Like you said, it's apple and oranges. It's totally right. different. So mm -hmm. you can be involved in fitness. You can be involved in going to a gym, but they, they you can be completely different experience, you know? Right. So I would say it's no different than a marathon runner and a sprinter. They're both mm -hmm. running, but doing two almost polar opposite things. Right. Absolutely. So now... Along the lines of advertising and getting the word out there. So, I mean, word of mouth is great, but it's super limited. 
So not the best way to actually grow a business and, and maintain growth over time just because it's so unpredictable and mm-hmm. it's hard to track. If you can't track it, you can't grow it. It's not really reliable. So as far as a reliable system to get consistent quality people in the door so that you can help them, have you ever done any type of paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, things that are trackable that you can target specifically to who you want in the facility, anything like that? I have not. Now, again, we'll go pre-COVID and there was just no need to. I, I probably had a retention rate of over 80%, probably in the 85%. So 85% of my members, when it came time to renew their, what if it was their year membership renewed. So I, there wasn't a big gap to fill up of new members. We were pretty much, I don't have a maximum number, but I would say when we were rolling in around 200, 210 clients, mm-hmm. we probably pretty much maxed out. Um, like I said, I'll, I could easily train 10, 12 people at a time. But if it got to be 16, 17, then the, the clients are losing out a little bit because they may be standing around waiting for me to get back to them. So I had no need really to advertise. However, post-COVID, now that we're down to the 75, 80 number, those are very good suggestions that I, I have not tr- attempted yet, but that sounds like a very good suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes... It's necessary, you know, and especially now a lot of people are experiencing the same type of thing. You know, it's like we went from over 200 members to around 80 members now. And even just financially, it's it's a strain, you know, and it's a little bit harder to keep the doors open. It's like uh, it's a little bit harder to cover overhead and it's a lot more stressful, you know, and and then on on the side of helping people, it's like if people don't know that you're there, how can you help them? Correct. You know. Yes, and um, it's always mind blowing that there are so many people in our area of our gyms, but they just don't know that we're there. Right. I can't even tell you the mm-hmm. amount of times people would walk in the door and be like, oh, are you new? And be <laughs> like, no, we've been here for years. You know, they yeah. just didn't know. That, um, is so, that is so true. I am in a small shopping plaza in a, in a relatively, you know, small, small community. Um, and I, I have a Chinese food place a couple doors uh, up from me, and I cannot tell you weekly somebody will come in with getting their takeout Chinese, and I'll say, "Oh, I never knew there was a gym here. Are you new?" And I'm like, "Well, 25 years new, right?" Uh, and you're like, "I lived here for 20 years, and I've gotten I've gotten Chinese food here several times, but I never realized that you were here." So you're right, exposure. Uh, never hurts really. So now is yeah. a good time to probably reach out a little bit. And again, getting back to the whole pre-COVID and post-COVID, for me, for most people that I see that even when they do come back, it's a mental thing. They just yes. are mentally not connected to fitness anymore and mentally not connected to gyms. And for me, if, if I can just get out and promote that, hey, this is the time more than ever maybe that you should concentrate on your own fitness. You should be concentrating on your own health, your own Mm -hmm. mental health, your own everything. And it all ties in together. So Facebook or an Instagram, I I mean, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Do I do a good job with it? No, I'm part of that older generation, you know? It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot to keep up with, you know? And it's, 
it's kind of like a full-time job in and of itself, you know, especially if you're trying to post consistently and good high quality content and it's a lot, it takes a lot of time. And as a gym owner, typically you're wearing many hats. So it can be hard to focus your attention on things like that, you know, creating videos, grabbing photos, posting, putting good captions, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot to keep up with. So I definitely understand that. But as far as, um, just being a game changer in the business, just as far as reaching people and, and getting them back in the doors. And, you know, when people started out in your gym, mentally, they weren't, they weren't there either. You know, they didn't have those habits. They didn't see the results. They didn't experience the boost in confidence and the, just the strength, the mental strength that comes from being in the gym and committing to yourself and getting healthier, you know? So those were things that were built and they just have to be built again. And yes, it's almost like you're starting over for, yes, it's very true. Right. Yeah. And people need reminders and and little pushes here and there and they need it to be constantly like in their face, you know, like, I need to get back to the gym. I need to get back to the gym. And typically they have to see it multiple times before they actually take action. Right. Right. When I grew the gym. So when I opened the gym 25 years ago, obviously my, there was zero there. I I had no people and I would go I would go to the gym and I'd sit there and nobody would come and I'd come home and my wife would say, how many people did you sign up today? I'd say zero. And she'd say, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go back tomorrow and Uh try again. And then another day of zero. Then all of a sudden one person would come through and I had the time at that time and I didn't have the expenses that you currently have. And I, I, it morphed into one into 10 into 20 and Bob, but now you're right now without all of anyone, I didn't have technology like we do 20, 26 years ago when I was first right. starting out. So it would be a, a very advantageous and good idea to start using some of that to our advantage and start getting these people. And I always figure that it's, so the gym is, was called a fitness coach. It was called a fitness coach for a reason because I, my whole philosophy was, listen, I'm just looking to try, try to coach these people. I'm just trying to coach these people in fitness, just trying to teach the community. I picked a fairly rural community. There, was, there wasn't, you, you could have a 15 mile radius uh, from the epicenter of the community. There was not a gym around at the time. Um, it was just a community that, in fact, I would have people come by when I was first opening up my doors and just hoping people would come in and they say, what's this? And I say, oh, it's a fitness facility. I'm going to, I'm going to do personal training. It's a gym. And they would say, people out here don't want to work out. No one's going to come. This is a rural farming community. They don't want to come. And they, they ended up coming in droves in the end. It was, it was an untapped, it was an untapped community, you know, but I have to bring those people back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, um, a lot of people kind of have those perceptions, you know, but everybody needs fitness. Everybody needs to move and be healthy and have better habits. You know, it's like pretty much everybody could improve in that area. And sometimes people don't know what they want or what they need until it's right in front of their face. Right. And I tell everyone that comes in my gym from the 10 year olds to the 91 year olds that you're all bodybuilders. I said, we're all athletes. I said, doesn't matter. You're a professional. You're competing on stage. You're going on a circuit. It does. If you want to improve yourself, I don't care if you want to prove yourself stronger, more flexible. If you want to get faster, if you just want to feel better, if you want to improve yourself mentally, then you're building. So you are either a bodybuilder or a mental builder. You're, you're always building. And I tell everyone that comes into the gym, it's all about a building process. I always talk about layers. 
you start with a layer and you just keep layering one layer on top of another, almost like bricks until you build your foundation and you, and you build your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and our gym, being that we're in such a small community, the other thing that people get out of coming to our gym is it's almost like the community center. There is no community center in our, so if you want to go meet your neighbors, if you want to find someone who does electrician work or find someone who does plumbing work, you come to the gym. Yeah. There's going to be a plumber in there. I can't tell you how many times in the years past, someone comes to the gym and they would say, Al, don't we have a plumber that's a, that's a client here? And I say, oh, yeah, so-and-so. Or don't we have a woodworker that's a client here? Yeah, don't we know someone that owns a backhoe? And I'm like, yeah, this guy owns a backhoe. Right. And it's it's almost like, you know, uh, Craigslist before Craigslist. You know, if you wanted something, you could find somebody. So it was a – it's and it's still that way. It's still mm-hmm. – people – the only bounce I had a little bit post COVID or actually during COVID was I had a lot of, especially women come in, not a lot, but a handful or so of women that came in and they were new and they weren't members from the past. And I say, Jesus, you know, welcome. What brought you back? Uh, what brought you to the gym here? And they said, you know, I'm working from home. I stay in my pajamas all day. I sit in front of a computer all day. I don't see an adult unless it's my spouse. And they said, I need to get out of the house and I need to talk to people. I need to laugh. I yes. need to just get some blood pumping. And I did get, you know, again, it was it skewed mostly on the female side for some reason, but mm-hmm. they just to get out of the house and get out of their pajamas, out of their sweatpants. Right. And, and get away from the computer and just meet people again. They said, they were saying, this is my office. I used to go to the office and talk to people and see people and laugh and make maybe plans to meet for lunch. And I said, there is no office right now, you know, and some of them still haven't gone back. And Mm -hmm. so the gym became their office, so to speak, which was kind of cool. Yeah, right. That social interaction. And that's something that is missing in so many areas after like post COVID, you know, because so many people were in more social environments before, whether that was in the gym or outside of the gym. And the gym is a great place for that, you know, along with the fitness side of it, there's so many other aspects that play into it as well that people are missing, you know? So, I mean, even if that's something that drives people in the doors, like that's cool, you know, because once they're there, you can help them. So we always always joke that, you know, Hey, you, you met this person, you laughed, you heard some new jokes today, you learned something about somebody else. And by the way, you forgot about this, but you got to work out it. Yeah. but the, the workout, you know, it's all part of the process. And sometimes there's five different layers above the workout that people needed. And I can't, I can't, I'm sure you've experienced this many times when people come in and you can just see written on their body language and on their face that it hasn't been a very good day or so, or maybe a good week. And they come in and when they leave, they say, thank you. This, I needed this. And a lot of times they're not even talking about the workout. The workout right. was good. We didn't need that as well, but they just needed the whole atmosphere and the whole positivity and the whole interaction with other people. And they just needed to kind of let go. I don't do anything in the gym as far, I, I no TVs. Uh, you know, all we do is play, is play music, but no TVs. I don't, I don't put up signs. We, it's, we make it very, very apolitical, very aid, everything. We just have a good time and we come right. in everyone from all different walks of life. And, and we leave, we, I would say people leave all your other stuff out, out on the sidewalk in front of the gym. And when you come in, just be a sponge basically and just soak everything in. You yeah. Know? And it, it's, and it seems to help people, uh, 
you know, our gym mod model, if we have one, is that we're just an average gym with above average people that have great hearts and great souls. And so when you leave there, if your heart and soul feels better when you leave the gym, then we had a good day. You know, we had right. a good work. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much more to it than just the fitness. You know, it's the overall experience and all of the other aspects that play into it and really build the value within the facility as well. So I love that. Now, as far as big picture goals for the gym, where are you directing most of your attention right now? Um, What direction are you headed in? Well, so I'd like to go back you know, four or five years, if, if we could, you know, when yeah. the gym, you know, so I almost like to go back retro where um, we were just booming and we, we were an epicenter of the community, which I, I feel that we still are just on a smaller, a smaller scale. Um, you know, um, I, you know, I started a gym, I have a philosophy that gyms had to be too shiny, too pretty, too nice. And, and really, very, one or two percent, this is my theory, one or two percent of your gym members care about how shiny your equipment is or how shiny uh, and beautiful. They just want to come in and feel comfortable and, and get a good workout, really, and have fun. You know, so right. I bought all my equipment used. Um, I hand selected everything. I mm-hmm. didn't buy a single machine till I picked I picked it out myself and used it. And, and so I kept my overhead very, very low. Um, you know, and of course, we always are upgrading, trading pieces out, making your gym a little bit, keeping it clean, making it a little more presentable. But my goal isn't to expand this into uh, a 10,000 square foot, beautiful, shiny silver uh, facility. Um, it's just not what what we are, what we're all about. You know, I actually opened uh, a couple different small gyms years ago and tried to sort of uh, branch out and it, it was a disaster. Um, and so the, a long-term goal would be almost as, as, you know, almost to go back to the way it was uh, and just provide the community with, with this great asset mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, of fitness and togetherness and everything that we do. And my goal would be probably just to return to pre-COVID uh, the pre-COVID numbers and get 200 right. people. You know, it's a small community. I don't know where else in that community, in our community, do 200 people come together, you know, not at once, obviously, but do 200 people come together to do the same thing. Right. And, you know, all, of, all the time I'm hearing from stories from people like, hey, I was here and I ran into someone and said, hey, I know you from the fitness coach or here, I, I, you know, and it can be, they could be at, they could be at a beach uh, 500 miles away and they'll say, I ran into someone from the gym, you know, and, and <laughs> You know, and everyone, we don't do any membership cards. Everyone knows everybody by name. You come in. One of my philosophies is you say hello and goodbye to every single person. Mm-hmm. So when they leave, I've been known to open the door and walk and chase them out in the parking lot and say, hey, didn't say goodbye. Have a good day. I hope you had a good workout and things. I just want people to feel an opening and a closure to their time at the gym. Mm-hmm. And so rarely does somebody walk in it's we, we can we I don't know you're younger but we compare it to the old tv show cheers right we walk in hey norm or whatever yeah and we, we jokingly do that a lot when people walk in yeah uh, so we so I guess to answer your question my long-range goal is to almost just get back to where we were pre-covid mm-hmm. we'll see <laughs> it's been yeah. a, you know it's been it's been a real struggle covid um I don't always say COVID, but the reaction that we did to COVID here in New York state to gyms was really devastating. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been challenging to say the least, but you know, if you're able to implement some, some new marketing and just kind of push the word out there to more people to just let them know like, Hey, we're still here, you know, and we're ready to go. People are ready to get back into the gym. You know, they just need that little push. I agree. Right. I agree. It's in them still. So I had all those 120 people that I'm missing that were members before and clients before it's still in them. They yeah, still they, have that fire burning someplace to go to the gym and to work out. They uh -huh. still have that. They haven't, it's not disappeared forever. It's just buried someplace. Right. And I keep telling people when I do send them a text or I do see them out in the community someplace they haven't been in two years, I said, listen, do me a favor. Just come walk through the front door again. Walk through the front door one time with no expectations and see what happens. And you can just, even if you just come in, I tell people, just come in and talk to some of your friends you haven't seen in two years and just see, and just start laughing and talking and maybe grab a dumbbell, maybe do something and just get it going again. So I believe it's in people. We just, I, I just got to get them to come back. We just got to get them to come back. I, I think it will, but it's, it's not like a light, as I tell people all the time too, it's not like a light switch. You just can't cut something off. It was cut off like a light switch. Right. When I was told to close my gym by New York State, um, I was open that morning training clients as a normal morning. And at two o'clock, I got a text message that said, you have to be closed by eight o'clock tonight. Yeah. I, didn't know if it was, I didn't know if it was a day, a week, two weeks, ended up being seven months. Mm -hmm. So the light switch was shut off instantly, but you just can't turn that light switch back on and have people come back. So it, it's a process. It's, it's right. definitely a process. Yeah. Right. It definitely, it takes a little bit to, to build it back up, but right. it's, it took me 20 it's some years to build it. <laughs> yeah. First time. Hopefully right. not 20 some years this time. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So one thing I would love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, maybe opening their own facility, what would that be? What's one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in ownership in this industry? Um, start small, keep your overhead low. Uh, I know you, we have big dreams, big aspirations, but if you're just the average guy like I am and you have average income and average resources, uh, I think what really hurts a lot of the, a lot of gym owners is they picture what they want in their mind and they want 12 treadmills here, 12 ellipticals there. They want this big, beautiful, shiny stereo system and, and all this stuff. And I would say, start small, keep it simple. And as far as like the gym thing, you know, friend, be extremely friendly if you're gonna have a small gym, small gym like mine, and just keep it simple would be my, my and start slow. I always tell people that at the gym, right? Everything's a, a layer, one on top of another. Well, a gym owner should be the same way. We should start small, right. slowly layer, slowly grow to where a comfortable level is um, and go from there. I, I always cringe when, again, I'm not downplaying big, large gyms, but one of my friends in, in a business opened a, a very large gym a few years back before COVID and he was like, hey, I'll come see my gym. It was beautiful. And, and, he, and he had 20 treadmills and he had 20 ellipticals and he had 20 stationary bikes. And I said to him, I said, you only have three pieces of cardio. And he looked at me and said, what are you talking about? I have over 60 pieces of cardio. I said, no, you have one treadmill, one variety of treadmill. You have one variety of bicycle and you have one variety of elliptical. I said, in my little gym, I have nine pieces of cardio, but they're all different. So if you yeah. want to get 
cook out and this one just working and so i would say just keep it small i'm not into the cookie cutter you know and, and just and try to keep it very individualized for people if you're looking to open a small gym mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like the workouts there's a way that I would do some certain workouts that I believe in, but I don't have my 91 year old client do those workouts, you know? And if you want to be a good personal trainer, you don't train people like you want to be trained. You train yes. people how they want to be trained. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, uh, you know, and it goes against some of the things that even, as long as they're safe, my, my philosophy, as long as they're safe, mm-hmm. as long as they're happy, and as long as they're doing something beneficial, then it's right for them. Mm-hmm. I may not personally do my exercise that way, but if they're good with it, then they're good with it. You know, right. as long as it's beneficial for them. So I always tell people that want to be personal trainers as well. Don't train them like you want to be trained. You're not training yourself. They're right. Paying you, they're paying you to train them. So use all your knowledge and everything that you know. Make sure they're safe. Make sure it's all good. But train them how they want to be trained for the most part, because you can turn mm-hmm. people off so quickly if you're just trying to show them how how tough of a trainer you are or how how badly out of shape they are, you know. Right. And they'll never they'll never come back. You mm-hmm. know, I see that a lot when I visit other gyms. I see these people having maybe a, a female who I can tell is just new at this and they have 150 pounds on their back and they're having them do squats and I cringe and I'm like, this person doesn't want to do 150 pound squats. They just want to get going here and get a little active, drop some body fat. But so I would tell people, keep it simple and just, it's, it's a client based business, right? And so you really are here for your client. You're not here to stroke your own ego, to show people how strong you are or any of that, you know, how, what a great trainer you are how much right. you can put them in pain, you know? Yeah, I can, right. I can put anybody in pain in five minutes, but that's, that's, I don't know if it's any good for them, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's important to keep in mind that you are not your client, you know? There are yeah. a lot of personal trainers, a lot of gym owners that get caught up in that of wanting, everybody kind of has their own ideals about right. fitness, nutrition, how it should be, you know? It right. should be this way, it should be that way, but it doesn't fit across the board a lot of the time, you know? Right. But my, especially my younger clients, college age and that age, they'll come in with their workout on the phone that they've gotten from somebody, a trainer online, you know, and yep. I, I look at it, I'll say, that's insane. Oh no, this guy says it's what you have to do. And I'm like, well, he doesn't know you and he doesn't know your background that you've just come off knee surgery six months ago. This is nice. You, you got to temper that down. And so exactly. You're not training yourself and right. you're not right. always training the most optimum, you know, I don't have, you know, I don't have, I have, I've trained one young man who's gone on to the Olympics twice now, but that's the rare, the rarity, right? Mostly I'm training yeah. community and I'm just training people in the community that are just looking to get in shape. I'm not training someone for any special craziness, you know? Absolutely. Definitely a good piece of advice there. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So I have a Facebook page and it's just simply the fitness coach. Uh, and you can find me there. I, after our conversation today and after this podcast, I'm going to have to do a little bit of better job of keeping it updated and, and doing more on it. Uh, and I am on Instagram at uh, fitness coach WSL for West Sand Lake. Uh, and so they can find me there. And again, I'll do a better job there. I'm posting more often. Uh, 
you know how it is. There's no, there's no schedule. I work nine to five as a personal trainer. You basically do work when your clients are available and when they need you. And so it just seems like you're always going 10 different directions, you know? And when you're a gym owner, I also tell people this as well. If you're a gym owner, and unless you have a lot of money, you're also the gym janitor and you're also cleaning the bathroom as you're also sweeping up every night and putting the weights away every night. Uh, and so I always tell people, before you open a gym, just because you love to work out, make sure you're okay doing all the other stuff that goes with the yes. gym. Yes. You know? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Those are things that you find out once you open the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yes. People have come to me and said, I've been cleaning before. They walk in the door and they say, hey, hi, are you the owner? I said, well, right now I'm the janitor. Yeah. But yes, also, I am also the owner as well. Right. But right. As you see, I'm doing janitorial services. And when I'm done here, I'm going to be, so yeah, I'm the secretary because I got, got, got to do my paperwork next, you know, but it's all good. It's, I wouldn't change it for anything. I, I uh, One last piece of advice I would give the gym owners, if you want to do it, go for it. It's a great way to make a living. Um, I think that when I get near retirement, I sit back, all the people I have helped, I feel very good about that. Absolutely. You know? And I've had people meet at, at the gym and they even get married I've gone to their weddings I've gone to their children's baptisms and so um there's there's a there's a great amount of pride in being a gym owner knowing that you're trying to help people every single day yes, yes. completely agree that's the the best part at the end of every day right all right. So Alan from the Fitness Coach, which is now known as Fitness Pro in West Sand Lake, New York. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. All right. Thank you very much, Bree. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Gabriel Sandoval of CrossFit Mob in Thornton, Colorado. Gabriel, what's going on, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. Everybody knows I love talking about CrossFit. So, and especially uh, with successful CrossFit owners and what well, coming up on your 10 year anniversary here, right? In a couple months, which is incredible. That's right. Yeah. We're celebrating our 10th year anniversary in September of this year. Right. So we're pretty stoked what, about that. What day in September? Uh, it's September 13th. Oh shit. Nice. Yeah. Mine on so. September 9th. So pretty close. Oh, okay. Very cool. Close. Very cool. Really close. Cool, man. So yeah, that's exciting. I know you guys have some plans for that, which is awesome. And as you should, 10 years 
for any business, especially a fitness business over these past couple of years is awesome. So let's go back in time, 10 years, man, or maybe longer, Gabriel. What was your original like goal when you started the CrossFit Mob, like from a business standpoint? For you. Yeah, no, for sure. Actually, um, I'm not the founder of CrossFit Mob. Okay. So um, yeah. it was started by two people, um, a lady named Johanna and a guy named Dave about 10 years ago. Um, and at the time, I was actually coaching at another gym. Okay. And um, I ended up moving and coming up to this gym, um, CrossFit Mob, and um, the people, the community were really great. I got involved. They knew I was already a coach. So I started coaching for CrossFit MOB. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I became the gym manager. Mm -hmm. Then I had an opportunity to become a partial owner. So um, I talked to Johanna and Dave. I became a 10% owner about six years ago. Nice. Uh, and then about a year and a half after that, so I was a partial owner about for a year and a half. And after that, um, Johanna, the majority owner, she pulled me aside and asked me um, if I wanted to buy the entire gym. She was uh, becoming a police officer. And she's like, I just don't have the time. Yeah. Would you like to do this? I'm very passionate about fitness and CrossFit. And at the time, I had a full-time job. I was, I was doing well, making good money. But um, I hated what I did. I, I had a desk job. It was, um, I just I hated my life. Uh, and so I got the opportunity to do this, talked about it with my wife and we could make it work both mentally and financially. And so yeah. decided to pull the trigger. And about five years ago, I bought in and became the majority owner here. That's awesome, man. And uh, yeah, really great thing, right? There's, I, I remember owning the gyms too. It's like a awesome job. You get this great sense of purpose at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, I had a similar story, man. Not, not that I bought the gym, but yeah, I was working on a desk job, hated it. I was like, there's gotta be more than, than this. So like, yeah, really cool, man. So uh, I love that. And uh, so five years as the, as the owner of CrossFit mob. So our goal here is to make this thing as profitable as we can, right. To obviously help our community, make some money, do what we love, two great things. So I know you have a big space there, beautiful space. Talk to us about when you guys moved to this new space here, 13,000 square feet. Why'd you choose this space? What, what was your mindset and kind of thought process behind that Gabriel? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a couple of reasons why we decided to move. Um, the main reason was we were running out of space at our old facility. So our old facility was about 5,400 square feet. Yeah. So it was less than half the size. And um, our membership base at that time was about 170-ish. And so we were running out of space, not just with our members, but my business partner, CJ, he runs a youth sports performance business out of our location called Game Ready. And so we, when he would have his sports teams training, like we were at capacity, it was too full yeah. actually. So we were at the point where we needed more space. I would say we probably would have done um, perfect with more close to like 10,000 square feet, but we ended up finding this space. It was 13,000. Yeah. Uh, we didn't think we were going to get it at first just because of how big and how much it was. But after we crunched the numbers and um, my business partner, CJ was like, Hey, you know, we're going to help with a portion of the rent. And we did the metrics and like, this is how many members we'd have to have to sustain the rent schedule and stuff. Yeah. It was totally doable. It was a little reach. It was doable. So we decided to pull the trigger on this, this larger space um and we've been here about a year and a half and it ended up working out really well we love it we have probably one of the nicest crossfit gyms i've ever seen uh we have showers with locker rooms towels sweat towels like all this stuff nice. um, so you know it was it was a reach and it was a risk but we ended up doing it and it's worked out well so far so we're super awesome. happy about it um the other reason that we did it was our old landlords were kind of jerks and they weren't really working with us we were there for five years never laid on rent um, you know, always good. And they didn't want to work with us on renewing our lease as far as like, I wanted to negotiate like, Hey, is there anything that any like incentives or benefits we could get a signing bonus, anything? And they're like, Nope. And I was like, okay, 
and they just, you know, they didn't really like to work with us. The property manager didn't do anything. And so that was kind of one of our motivators for looking for new spaces. Like, A, we need more space. B, I want to get out of this situation with these, in my opinion, toxic landlords and property yeah. managers. Yeah, which is a whole nother topic for sure. And it's, uh, yeah. it's, not like, it's not like they don't want a CrossFit or a gym in their space. Like, and I've been down that road too, man. It's having a good landlord is uh, another key to success, you know, for, and they can really set you up or put you guys on a back. back Absolutely. Front. Move is great, man. Big, beautiful CrossFit space, which, which I love. Now, I know, obviously, we know CrossFit's the model. I'm sure group class is the uh, meat and potatoes, but I know you guys have other services going on there at CrossFit Model. So for the listeners, Gabriel, what other services do you guys offer there besides the group class? Definitely. Yeah, the main services that we offer is uh, we do a lot of personal training. So we do one-on-one training with clients. Uh, we do quite a bit of that. And then we also offer nutrition coaching as well. So we offer personal nutrition coaching. And then about every three-ish months, about every quarter, we will run a nutrition challenge. So those are the main two other things that we're running out of our side of the business. And then, like I said earlier, we do have about 2,500 square feet of our new facility dedicated to the youth sports performance, which is called Game Ready. So that is also running out of our facility as well. So we got, we got the group classes, CrossFit, personal training, nutrition, and Game Ready, which is youth sports performance. So yeah, we have those, those four things. I think it's great. Uh, more revenue streams, always a good thing. With the personal training piece, what would you say for, I think it's a big hole in a lot of CrossFit businesses is that, right? A lot of them don't, don't even offer it. I know I made the mistake early on in my ownership days of not even telling people we did it, right? So like, uh, what percentage of your business, Gabriel, is personal training? How many people take advantage of that service? Yeah, I'd say uh, probably about 5% of our total members yeah. take, or eh, a little bit more, like 7% of our total members take advantage. So like uh, we have about 15 to 20 yeah. okay. uh, personal training clients that are like good personal training clients every month. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'd say about a good seven to seven-ish percent of our total right. membership, which we have monthly members, we have about 205. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So like a good way to kind of introduce a high, a high ticket item for them. So like, uh, and we always find, yeah, like, like the five to 10% of our membership for CrossFit will do personal training if that option is there. So like, mm -hmm. and we get our members to market it too. And I'm sure a lot of that is like how you get people started in CrossFit. So um, I want to talk about that, how you get people started, but I first want to talk about your marketing strategy and then we'll get into like how you get people started. I'm sure there's foundations or on-ramp kind of program. So uh, with, since you moved into a new space, what has been your, your guys' marketing strategy and philosophy to get those new faces in the door to fill this 13,000 square foot gym? Yeah, for sure. What we found that uh, seems to be kind of our biggest or most successful marketing stream is, um, and I think this is kind of true with these types of gyms or um, CrossFit in general, is like word of mouth seems to work really well. We get a lot of people that come in that are new people that's like, hey, I have a friend or a buddy that referenced me here. They come here or they said this place is great. Um, so we get a lot of those. Um, the next big one that we would get is Google, like honestly, just people looking for it. And um, we we do pretty decent on Google, where if you just search gyms in my area, we come up like pretty high in the list. If you search CrossFit in my area, we're like one or two. Um, so we'll get a lot of people come in and we always ask everyone that comes in, hey, like, how'd you hear about us? And we'll get a, quite a few people. I'd say probably about 30% of the people that walk in here are like, yeah, I just searched you on Google. I'm like, cool. So those biggest two streams are word of mouth and Google. But then we just recently started working with um, a, a marketing company that helps us with um, SOPs or I'm um, sorry, um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's the it's pretty much like the internet marketing through the um, 
through Google and stuff like that. And we're actually, it, it's a lead generator, I apologize. And yeah. so we're generating more leads through this new company. And that's actually been where we've been doing it for about four months and we're getting about 10 to 15 quality leads every month. Nice. So okay. then it's just, you know, it's, it's on our side to follow up with these leads and to, yeah. to seal the deal there. And I'd say we probably have about a 30 to 40% turnover rate with those quality leads. So it's actually working out well there. Yeah, that's a, that's a big, big thing there, right? That we gotta get, we want to get leads indoor consistently. We also want that like return on investment to be there. Like what, what, you don't have to give me an exact number. What's, what's that been like for cost per lead? Uh, do you know that right now, Gabriel, what you guys are cost per lead? from Facebook, from the Instagram ads, from the Google ads, what is that looking like currently? Yeah, so with our current investments in um, the company that we're using to generate leads and some of our um, other efforts as far as Google social media, yeah. our cost per lead is averaging about 30, like 25 to 30 bucks okay. per lead. Okay. Um, but it, to turn those over, we our monthly membership is 175. So if we can just offset it by getting literally three new members a month, then it's totally worth it. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like you said before, that lead nurture part is up to us, right? So who is involved? Who is, uh, are you doing that? The lead nurture, like say I respond to a message. Uh, are you the one doing that? And what does that new process look like to get that new person started at CrossFit Mob? Yeah, absolutely. So it's the majority of the response is me and my business partner, CJ. Um, so through this app application that we have, we'll get notifications, um, text, it'll text and email us. If we get any type of message, through our social medias, it'll let us know. You'll get a text. It's usually, hey, you just got this message, social media. If we get a text or a phone call to our number, we'll get a text saying, hey, you just got a call or a text respond. Um, or even if somebody's just on our website, it can gather their information. And it'll say, hey, this person was looking at your pricing page, get back to them. So it tells us what the lead has done. And then it kind of leaves it in our uh, the ball in our court to be like, hey, respond to these people about what they're trying to get to. Uh, between my business partner and I, we try to respond as quickly as possible. Our philosophy is we can both see who responds. So it's like, hey, whoever gets there first. Yeah, and we're yeah. usually good about, I'd say within 10 minutes, we usually respond oh, to every lead unless it's like super late at night. Yeah. Sometimes I'm awake. I don't like responding past like 9 p.m. because I don't want people to think like, I don't know, like I'm just up all the time or something. Yeah. And plus, like I have a personal life. So I, I set some boundaries there. Yeah, you have to for sure. And uh, yeah, but yeah, like that speed is everything, right? Like uh, yeah. I'm sure you I'm sure you guys have seen if, if we give them more than a day, people are just they're not going to reply back and they're not coming in. So, right. So you guys are handling lead nurture, which is just as important as lead generation, right? Yeah. Now, when I do start. I know most CrossFits, we have a, an on-ramp or a foundations program or something along those lines. How does that look for you guys across the mob? How are you getting people acclimated to the gym and to like the CrossFit methodology? Yeah, so what we found works really good for us is I want people that want to be here. And so we actually offer a free trial week just okay. to make sure that people are, so they can get a good taste of what we do, the different types of workouts, different coaches, um, just to make sure this is a good fit for them. We're a very community-based gym and a lot of our members have been here a long time. So I just wanna make sure that this is a good fit for people. So we offer them a free week. However, after every class, we make sure to talk to them about how they're enjoying their experience. We go over pricing, just like, hey, whenever you're ready to sign up or commit, we are here for you every step of the way. Um, once they do sign up, it comes with three personal sessions in that first month that are considered foundational sessions. Yeah. Um, we used to do group foundations, but what we found is that personal sessions work better with our clients. We can work more one-on-one -on -one with them. We can uh, address personal issues or things like that, talk about personal fitness goals, um, really get to know the client. So we give them those three personal sessions. And in those sessions, 
we, you know, we get to know them. How did they find us? What are some of their fitness goals? We do, a, we have an in-body scale. So we get their biometrics as far as uh, body fat, um, body, body fat percentage, skeletal muscle mass, weight, those types of things. Um, and then we just, we teach them the movements that we do here that they're going to see more commonly. Right. And then we'll send out a group email to all of our coaches. Like, Hey, this is our new member. Here's the reason why they want to work out. Here's how they found us. Here's some of their goals. And also here's the movements that they're either really good at or some of the movements that maybe they struggle with and some of the modifications that we are working with right now. Right. So we, we try to communicate really well about our new members. So that way all of our coaches know, even without meeting this person, they know this person in case they ever see them. And they also know just a general amount of their physical ability. Okay. Yeah, I love that, man. I love that uh, communication side of things now. So they get started with three sessions. Is the rest of that month of class included or is yes. that... Okay. Okay. What, it, what is that initial cost? Like, is it a higher ticket thing or is it a little more than the average month? Cause you're doing the th three sessions. How does that break down for you guys? Yeah. So the initial cost that we, the structure we have, we used to charge more for it, but we yeah. weren't finding as much as good of a turnover rate. So now it's just included with that first month. So 175. Okay. And since we've been doing that, we've been doing it for almost a year. Our turnover rate um, or our, our conversion rate, sorry, is much higher. So like converting those leads or keeping those people, yeah. Yeah. I think those one-on-one -on -one sessions just help really build a bond. Um, prior to that, we were charging uh, 250 for the first month and that was going to include those sessions but we were having a lot of um, I don't know if it was maybe the verbiage we were using or stuff but the conversion rate wasn't as high as it is when we we're like hey you're still you know you're paying your first month but these sessions are included okay okay yeah totally get it man and there's a thousand ways to do it right like I, I know I did like 700 different ways over the course of 10 yep. years and I'm sure you guys will change it 700 times over the course okay. of the next 10 years it just we got to find what works best for us too and uh, for the client so yeah I love that man so now with that new member, like, I think this is like, like a big thing just in the CrossFit space. It can get a little clicky. It can get uh, a little intimidating maybe to come into that gym. We're doing hard stuff, right? And a gym has been there like 10 years now. So how are you able to kind of keep that new member over maybe those first three months to help get them acclimated into the group? Is there anything special you're doing from like a communication standpoint, uh, texting, or maybe even pairing them with an older member who's been there for a while? Uh, just to kind of eliminate any sort of clickiness and you may guys you, you guys may not have that at all but just kind of speaking here in general generalities that life cycle that journey for that client for say three months mm -hmm. yeah so you know i think we've gotten really lucky with our community or we're blessed um it's one of the reasons i even joined this gym in the first place is the community was so welcoming i walked in the doors and i remember my first time coming here um, everyone was so welcoming and like they walked up to me, introduced themselves that, you know, they're like, Hey, how's it going? Where are you from? Like, everyone's just so friendly. It felt like home. I've been to other gyms dropped in, whether I'm traveling or when I was searching for a new gym where it's like just the opposite vibe where, you know, people don't talk much. The members didn't say anything to me. I barely talked to the coach just wasn't welcoming. So when I came in here, just super welcoming community was so nice. And then we continue to do that. Like I, like I said, I feel like I'm blessed because my community is so nice. Like we get new members in here and like, they'll be the first people going to talk to them, like walking up to the door, like, Hey, how's it going? And like yeah. introducing themselves and like breaking that ice right away. And like, gosh, I just feel so blessed to have that community. Um, but part of what else that we do is uh, we do an icebreaker every class. We go around and say everyone's name and we, like we ask a question every class. So that way everyone gets to know each other because we do have new people or, you know, I want people to know each other's names. And then also just to know a little bit about each other, not nothing too personal, but, you know, like, hey, what's your favorite fruit or like something like that? Like, yeah. where were you born? Um, so we like to do those icebreakers. But 
you know, I think it's almost impossible to not have a little bit of clickiness or nichiness, but we have very minimal of that. Um, I would say some of our clickiness is maybe some of our old guards, the people that have been here a really long time, but even them, you know, they might hang out with each other in class, but they're still nice and they will still talk to new people and introduce themselves. Um, you know, that's kind of a big thing is we're very community-based and I feel like all of our gym has jumped on board with that, where most people are welcoming and kind. And that's something that I love. And I, I try to reinforce because I've had those negative experiences at other gyms where you show up and you just feel unwelcome or like, you know, like they could almost, you know, they couldn't care less if whether you're there or not. And I don't want people to feel like that. Like I like my people to feel like, Hey, you know, like we appreciate every single person that walks in these doors yeah. and my members are on board with that. So we're just really blessed in that aspect. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, man. And uh, leads to, leads to better retention too down the road, like Absolutely. and a longer life cycle for your clients. And it's something we see in CrossFit. So, like over these past five years since you've owned this uh, business, Gabriel, what is, have you seen like an average life cycle per person? Are you able to track that? Like how long an average person stays? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, so if um, we've tracked this, if we can keep them longer, like three months or longer, their average life cycle is two and a half years or longer. Um, but it's about two and a half years. Uh, if it, it's weird because it's right at that cutoff point if it's less than three months yeah their, their average membership cycle is less than a year so yeah. like um it's big. if we can keep these people longer than three months we see this big change where they'll be here a long time and then yeah. if we you know if it's less than three months we will see a fall off which has changed our efforts as far as follow-ups and um, just corresponding with newer members and stuff like that just to try to make sure we're getting them to want to stick around for at least three months. Right. Yeah. The first three months is everything. And that's kind of what I asked you earlier, like why, like, you know, are you doing anything special for those first three months to kind of generate that better retention? Just because I think CrossFit, our, our biggest, our biggest hurdle is that it's hard. You know, like if I want to say an orange theory, it's not anywhere near as hard as a CrossFit. So like, yeah, like you said, getting those people past a three month barrier, we're seeing a like a lot longer retention and a lot longer life cycle and lifetime value, which is great for everybody, for them, for us, everybody. So that's, I uh, love to hear it, man. Now, with all that being said, Gabriel, where's your main focus, man, for CrossFit Mob next six to 12 months as, for, as far as from a growth for the business standpoint? Yeah, over, over the next six, six to 12 months, um, honestly, our, our only goal is that we're netting at least three new members a month. Yeah. And so over the course of a year, 12 months times three, it's 36 new quality members in the course of a year. Um, so that's our goal. But it, like metric wise, long term, I would like to get closer to 300 monthly members. Um, yeah. Monthly members right now, like I said, we're about 205. Um, so over the course of, I would say, a good two year goal is I'd like to get a lot closer to 300. Yeah, I love it, man. Why do you say only three a month? Is that from like what you think you guys can handle as far as a staffing standpoint and like a quality standpoint, quantity standpoint? Yeah, sorry. So that would be the minimum, uh, got it, got it, got three net members a month. And so that would justify the cost of our, our marketing um, yeah. programs and, um, you know, just to make sure that we're covering that initial cost of what we're investing. Uh, but we can take all the way up to, I think the highest I would like to go is about eight new members a month. Um, just because I find when we get higher than eight new members a month, it's hard um, things start to get kind of lost, I, for lack of a better word, in the cracks or like, you know, we start to, I feel like the quality of the new experience for those new people becomes less and less with the more people over right. eight. Right. I, yeah, I, I, I definitely can hear that, man. And when you get to this goal, 300 plus ish members goals, how does that change your, your life in your role as the owner of CrossFit mob? Where do you foresee it? Where do you foresee yourself then 
from like a personal and a business standpoint? Oh man. Uh, in a perfect world, you know, I love the craft. So I would love to have like gym manager, which we do have, uh, but people maybe just doing a little bit more of the back of the house stuff. So I can spend more time in the craft, talking with people, coaching people. I love it. Yeah. Um, no feeling like it man it gets it's uh it's it's a really great feeling so you want to basically be able to when you guys get to that point year two years down the road maybe sooner who knows uh you like to focus your focus on that coaching side of things are you doing the programming too uh yeah no sorry i apologize um we are following something called comp train Um, and then we actually we're actually just transitioning to mayhem which okay. is a, a different type of programming. It's pretty much, you know, all, all CrossFit programming is similar. Um, it's just, we've been following Comtrain for about seven-ish, six, seven years. And so wow. I think we're just kind of looking for a slight change. Um, we found with this current programming, it's really good, but it, it does feel a little repetitive sometimes. So we're just looking for maybe something that incorporates more movements. Yeah, man, totally get it. Yeah, Mayhem offers great stuff, obviously, as does Comtrain. But so yeah, that's kind of the goal. You want to be there on the floor, uh, coaching, connecting with members, building those relationships uh, in your perfect world. So uh, I love that, man. And uh, listen, we got to know our strengths, right? And what we like to do. And if we can do that and I have the freedom to do that, I think well, I think that's success. You know, I know that's success. So uh, Gabriel, I think beautiful place to wrap up this episode. Uh, just about out of time, man. Where can listeners check you out? Socials, website, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So our, uh, our, our webpage is crossfit-mob.com. And check us out there. That's going to have all the information about our facility, all the classes we offer, prices, um, getting started. And then our social medias, um, we are on Facebook. It's just CrossFit Mob. You can search it on Facebook, CrossFit MOB. On um, social media, or sorry, on Instagram, it is CrossFit MOB as well. And then on TikTok, we're Mind Over Body Fitness. So you can check us out there. Got it. Got it. And uh, those are all of our social media handles right now. Beautiful, man. I love it. Well, Gabriel, I appreciate you coming on today, man, uh, sharing your story, CrossFit Mob, and we wish you guys the best of luck. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. You got it. And listeners, we appreciate you as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.